Welcome everybody to Judging Nerd Culture. I'm Ollie. And I'm Jess. And this is our first attempt at a video podcast, I guess. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) This is a fun little experiment and uh, I'm excited to see how it turns out. So, my sweet baby Jess. What's up? What are we doing today? We are going to look at scary stories to tell in the dark. Ooh, I don't like scary stories but honestly this movie wasn't bad at all like <laughs> like I, I i did not spook as much as i expected to and i i say that's a positive for me yeah i i agree that it wasn't too scary it, to some people it probably was scary like to little kids it was probably spooky or to people who aren't used to uh watching horror movies mm-hmm. um it was more creepy and like had that nostalgia feel of being old type of scary, like throw in some new, new modern waves of horror, but um, wasn't as scary as I'd like it to be. That's fair. I, I'm I'm not even sure if the listeners are aware of this. I hate scary movies. <laughs> Just the goddamn worst at scary movies. And uh, I went into it assuming, oh, I'm gonna be spooked to fuck. Because the books themselves were pretty damn terrifying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I assumed, oh, this movie's going to be just a clusterfuck <laughs> of creepy. And it was pretty damn creepy. There were some pretty legit scenes of just, like, suspense. And I was ready to get scared. But I wasn't, like, the entire movie. I was just like, ah, ah. It was more like every, every once in a while there was moments of there's going to be a jump scare in, like, ten seconds And I'm waiting for it, but it doesn't make it any better. Yeah, it it definitely had a lot of jump scares. Um, But it also had a lot of, like, build-up scares. Mm -hmm. No, there's a lot of... They did pretty good at building the tension. Yeah. It was a little predictable in knowing, like, okay, in this sequence, you're going to see a monster, (laughs) and then there's going to be some talking or, like, research, and then this sequence, you're going to see a monster. But, I mean, it is based off of an anthology series so having to pop in a bunch of scary stories and monsters and creatures into one movie they really just had to like keep going you know (laughs) like keep it quick keep putting you know as many scary stories as they could into one movie Mm -hmm. and that's that this is probably something that we should talk about more in the final summations but i do think that that's probably its biggest hindrance is that it's you know a a single movie made from an anthology so it's not as uh i don't know it's 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 less the suspense that it builds towards isn't the the final monster revealing itself or anything like that you know what i mean it's it's Mm -hmm. different where if it was just like the 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 singular stories one of them or more than one then the the build-up is more towards this climactic monstrous reveal or ending (coughs) which but while with this one was more of a trying to resolve the 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 conflict more so than in the actual books get what i'm saying yeah yeah i know what you're saying cool because i lost track of what i was saying halfway through that (laughs) (laughs) no no i think I thought what you were saying was, like, instead of working up to the big final scare, um, there were just a bunch of scares, Mm -hmm. and the main boss, I guess, was just kind of in the background the whole time. Yeah. Uh, But that doesn't mean it was bad. It's just different based on, you know, different than its source material in that aspect. As we just mentioned, this is based off the stories of Sterling, but it's not an anthology like the original. So, what is actually the the (laughs) plot of this one in the vague terms? So, well, the original is just a book by Alvin Schwartz. Schwartz. Um, And it's just scary stories to tell in the dark. And if uh, you were a kid who liked scary stories or anything horror, you have probably read these books um they are terrifying (laughs) they have the most terrifying art (laughs) oh yeah oh my god Um, but then you come to the movie and the movie 
is about, you know, her her name is Stella Nichols. Nichols? Nichols? Nichols. But she's like your stereotypical, like, she only lives with her dad because mom left. Um, She's quiet. She wants to be an author. You know, like, she's the, the quirky uh, introvert girl who has only two friends, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um supposed to be you know the weird girl or whatever that whole stereotype so it's about her and her friends and this uh strange boy you meet um (laughs) just randomly ramon uh the thing that upset me with him not upset me but like confused me was that they didn't tell you who he is or why he is until like the end of the movie almost Mm -hmm. um but he's introduced when a cop is like, hey, kid, where are you going? He's like, I'm following the harvest. Also, the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that means. But point is, <clears throat> her and her three friends go to this supposedly haunted house. They find a secret entrance to the basement. And she takes a book. She doesn't just take a book. She takes the book full of scary stories that apparently is written in the blood of children, and that every time one of those stories is told, some child dies. She well, took that book. Yeah, if you if you ask, um, what was her name? Sarah? Sarah Bellows. Yeah, that's right. Um, if you ask her to tell you a story, she'll give you a story, but you'll end up dead. So she took that book, yeah. and she decided, this is a good idea. And you know what else I should do? Ask Sarah Bellows if she'll tell me a story. Yeah. Like, to be fair, she's thinking it's something made up by fellow teenagers who are just trying to get a scare. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they didn't even think Cerebellos existed until they found the basement. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, still, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm not a believer of, like, the scary stories <laughs> yeah. uh, that people tell about ghosts and whatnot. Yeah. I don't... I'm not disapproving of ghosts. I think ghosts are poss- probably real. But, uh... <laughs> Disapprove of ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> well, some. But, uh... <laughs> the point is, I'm pretty skeptical in general, but even I'm not gonna take the thing, like, that's supposedly written in children's blood and then invoke the... the ghost that kills those children but that always happens in every in every horror movie where there's a book a diary a journal even like a trinket they always someone always takes the book always (laughs) opens the book and reads the worst section from it even though they know it's either made out of skin written in (laughs) blood whatever they open it they read it or they they take the thing they're not supposed to take Mm -hmm. when they know they know (laughs) this could end badly and they do it anyway yeah so like on one hand this girl real sweet real like protagonist lovely lovely character uh 100 the reason everyone dies yeah she basically takes cerebello's necronomicon she (laughs) takes it starts reading it at home not out loud but she reads it Mm kind of like brushes her thumb through the the words that are freshly written in blood yeah and then doesn't go like oh she's just like huh that's fresh blood yeah that's weird she doesn't freak out she's just like huh blood immediately i'm i'm taking (laughs) that book back yeah immediately she does take it back eventually once someone disappears and I mean, this someone isn't a friend of hers. He's kind of a douchebag. Kind of the worst. But I mean, that still implies, oh, we're in danger. Yeah. Lynn, do you want to talk about his death real quick? Oh yeah. yeah. So um. So Tommy. Tommy. Yeah, Tommy. He's the the town bully. There's a tiny, yeah. tiny he, town. He's wearing the Letterman jacket. <laughs> yes. He's <laughs> <laughs> he's the. Oh oh, this isn't like the eighties. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Which uh is important because one of the main characters, uh, Ramon. He's a Mexican, so uh, he's called a wetback at least seven times before yeah. the end of the movie. Yes. And uh, the police are, like, 
something weird has just happened in the town. Let's immediately go <laughs> to the to yeah. this <laughs> poor. Let's go talk to the strange brown man who just yeah. walked into town. Which, admittedly, small town stranger. I sort of get it, but He's probably the only brown person in that town. Oh, one hundred percent. Still, that's a thing, and that's a thing to keep in mind. You know, it's the eighties. Uh, anytime that he did anything, <laughs> Ramon did anything, I was like, boy's gonna get shot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> boy's gonna die. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Tommy, he's the town bully. He's the, the Letterman jacket wearing jockhead. Uh, and the main character seems to have a beef with him, probably just because he's a dickhead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the, the characters, um, one of the friends of Stella, um, Chuck, he's been, he's been bullied by Tommy. Um, and I imagine his you know entourage they've been also bullied yeah by him because they're friends with chuck so and they were also willing to help him with the the i don't know payback that they were trying to get on halloween which involved a bag full of old men's underwear and a flaming bag of poop that they threw at them which yes. is pretty great yeah good payback <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty good solid um anyway back to, back tommy, to tommy dying yes yeah uh, for some reason, at the very beginning, he just is beating up on good old, uh, what's the thing's name? Harold? Harold. Yeah. It's a scarecrow that lives in his dad's cornfield. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah. for some reason, he's just beating up on nice, sweet old Harold. Admittedly, looks terrifying. Harold is terrifying. <laughs> it looks like they made his scarecrow head out of human skin. Yes. Like, I personally would be terrified of Harold. I've played in cornfields before. I've played hide and seek in cornfields before. In the daytime or at nighttime. I've done it. Um, I grew up across the field or the road from a field, cornfield. Um, so I have a lot of experience with that. But I, I would not touch or talk or even look at that scarecrow. It Let alone bash its head in with a baseball bat was terrifying to look at <laughs> yes because even if one of my friends hadn't read a magical journal made of blood i would be terrified harold was going to come to life <laughs> <laughs> yeah just looking at it you assume that's a living monster yes that's a demon <laughs> uh but uh yeah tommy gets drunk mm-hmm. um it's the same night it's halloween night after everything's happened um after he's gotten his car egged and poop thrown at him from the kids, um, from this group of friends. Goes home, his mom just comes out and yells at him, tells him to take eggs to the neighbors like he was supposed to. Which, I understand that he had a chore to do, and she wants him to do it. But, I would have just told him first thing in the morning. It's because like midnight. Yeah, like, I'm sure these people wouldn't really appreciate... Like, they, they were probably upset you didn't bring them eggs in the first place. But, if your drunk teenage son... Goes to their house at midnight. I feel like uh, they're also going to be upset. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd be more upset about that. If Tommy shows up at my door at midnight, like, whether he's bringing me eggs or not, I'm going to punch him in the face. <clears throat> yeah. Fuck you, Tommy. Yeah. But he never makes it, does he? No, he doesn't. He gets lost in this cornfield, supposedly. Like, it, he keeps making circles uh, around Harold. Mm-hmm. Or well, or Harold just keeps showing up. Harold, I'm not sure. I think the the issue here is that Harold keeps popping up places, keeps moving around. So every time he does, Tommy changes direction because he's assuming, oh, this is Harold. I have to go this way to get out of the cornfield. And ends up going in a few circles because Harold keeps showing up places. Right, possibly. And then eventually he just starts running. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Harold starts clanking towards him. In a very clunky way because he has no middle part and his legs are... Just sticks? Like, he's, like, waddling almost. Mm -hmm. Because he has no joints. He's just... It's a scarecrow. Yeah. Um, uh, Tommy would have gotten away if he wouldn't have tripped over the rake. Yeah, if it wasn't He would have been fine. Yeah. But uh, he stands up, gets the rake, and is like, you know, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight this scarecrow. And he stabs the scarecrow... Through the midsection, which is just a goddamn stick. Yeah, like, <laughs> Tommy, I understand you're drunk, but are you that stupid? <laughs> like, Clearly. <laughs> at least put it through the head. At least do something better than just like, oh, this open hole right here, I'm going to stick something through it. 
What the fuck? <sighs> yeah, well, maybe he deserved it then. I mean, he did. He uh, destroyed Ramon's car and painted Webb back on it. I'm sure it sounds like he abused those kids for a while. Yeah, but his death, I feel like, was the most brutal, though. Oh, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Everyone else who disappears, disappears. Tommy gets killed. Yeah, he got stabbed with that rake. And then, hey, or like, yeah, hey, yeah. starts like coming out of his skin mm-hmm. and like his mouth, his ears, his nose. He <laughs> is turning into a scarecrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the rake that he used to stab that other Harold, Harold takes out of his hands and just impales Tommy mm-hmm. with it. And uh, then I guess that uh, inflicted some sort of curse on him those wounds because mm-hmm. he turns yeah, into his own herald hay starts coming out of the the puncture wounds instead of blood and he's like pulling at it trying to get this hay out and ugh. honestly the most gruesome death yes it was it was it was nasty oh. uh i but, liked it yeah uh he becomes uh basically a herald he looks yeah, exactly he like he becomes him. herald he becomes the scarecrow yeah i think his parents put him up on the on the scarecrow pole thinking it is herald yeah probably because uh this new Harold has the Letterman jacket, the and shirt, the hat, the shoes, the pants. Mm-hmm. Oh, but uh, yeah, that's Harold's death. Pretty great. It's Tommy's death. Sorry, Tommy's death. Harold's the killer, but it was still pretty great. I actually liked that a lot. I did get terrified. Harold did get me with the jump scare. I'm not gonna lie. Harold was spooky. Um, but I think the scariest part was Tommy's death scene. Yeah, that was gruesome. It was wild. yeah, it was pretty uh, wild. Yeah. I, I keep wanting, I, in my mind, I keep wanting to call it, like, visceral, but there was no visceral. Like, there was no blood or No, gore. but the way, the way he acted it, the way the, the hay just sprouted out of him was, in a way, kind of visceral. Mm-hmm. Huh. So. Moving on. Moving on. Enough about Tommy. Yeah. So, they, they find out that Tommy has disappeared, and she realizes that. The story that has appeared in the book about Tommy might be real. Mm-hmm. Possibly because everything that the story said seems to have happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, few clues, enough to figure out what's going on, and then she tries to clue in her friends. You okay there? <laughs> the, <clears throat> the lemonade is a little too tart. A little, a little tart. Uh, but yeah, she tries to clue in her friends, and they don't seem to really believe her at first. Uh, instead, it's just Ramon that goes with her to, you know, try and figure some stuff out. And, you know, the, they, uh, this few scenes sort of establishes that they kind of have a thing for each other. Mm-hmm. Also, he's staying at her house without her dad knowing. Just yeah, snuck well, him into he, the basement. He has nowhere to sleep because his car has been ruined. Mm-hmm. And she has extra basement in the basement, I guess. Extra, extra basement in the basement? Yes. Um, you go down the stairs into the basement, and there's another set of stairs. You go even deeper, and then there's a couch. It's just a room for a couch. That's it. Uh, I kind of want At the end of the stairs, there just is a couch. Mm-hmm. I kind of want a double deep basement now. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's uh, just a dungeon. Mm, fun. But, uh, yeah, he, he stays at her, in her basement couch, and personally, you know, as <clears throat> a, uh, as a brown fella, if this young lady is like, hey, uh, want to spend the night at my house? You just have to sleep in the basement. You can't let my dad see you. Uh, no matter where I have to sleep, I'm not saying yes to that. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> and when it shows him on the couch, it's a very cluttered, dank basement. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to sleep there. <laughs> like, I'm going to be terrified. Yeah, like, at best, I'd stay there and just not fall asleep. It'd be like, at least I'm not, you know, outside and someone's going to stab me. But if I hear anything, I'm out. Yeah. I mean, he could have slept in his broken car, but I think it was at the mechanic or something. No, nah, it was in the middle of a field. Like, I think they took it to the mechanic the next day. Hmm. Probably shouldn't have stayed in that field. Would have died. <laughs> his yeah. story would have been first. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's Tommy. Then That's the first story and whatnot. That's where uh, the characters are at. But who's number two? Who is number two? Number two is Augie. Yeah. So Augie is their friend. Mm-hmm. who seems to have not a great relationship with his parents, with his mom, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, he's his mom the, and her boyfriend. Yeah. But he's, like, the the smart friend, mm-hmm. the friend who is worried about a lot of things, like, oh, don't eat that. You don't know what it's going to do to your body. Yeah. 
He's the one who knows the difference between a clown and a Perot. Perot? Perot? Perot. I don't know. Perot. Anyway, he knows a lot of dumb facts. Yeah. Um, and he's worried a lot of, about a lot of dumb things. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also got a hard on for every woman in town, apparently. Yes. Um, he has a crush on Stella. He has a crush on Chuck's sister. He just, he just is he's a teenage a boy. boy. Yeah. He is just a teenage <laughs> boy. That's what he is. Um, but yeah, they, Ramon, they, as in Ramon and Stella, um, this is after Stella takes it back to the, the basement and she's like, here, here's your book back. You know what? I, I don't want it. Um, but then it just reappears and she sees Ramon in her bedroom reading and she's like, how the heck did you get that? I, I put it back and it jumps out of his hand. No, he it throws start, it. It started writing itself and mm-hmm. then he just threw it down. Okay. Yeah. And they start reading it and the character in it is named August, which is Augie's full name. Mm-hmm. And it starts telling the story of the big toe. Yeah. Some witch lost her big toe. Well, I don't know if it was a witch. I think. Um, I don't think they specifically said it was a witch. I thought it was just a corpse of a woman. Mm, okay. It could have been a witch. I mean, you could get that from looking at the monster or the creature, um, the corpse. But, uh, yeah, it's just some woman who... Lost her toe. Is a, a corpse and somebody. I guess, I guess eats her toe. Yeah, he he eats her toe. Um, unintentionally. Mm-hmm. Well, he doesn't swallow it, but it's made into this stew that is at his house. And he's he's on the phone with his mom, like, hey, you didn't leave me anything. Yeah. What am I supposed to do for the weekend? Possible. Yeah. And he's like, I'm just gonna eat this stew I found in the fridge, and she has no idea what he's talking about, but she lets him do it anyway, and. <laughs> I mean, why would she assume that someone <laughs> broke into her house and put stew in her refrigerator? Yeah. Well, they they call, or they have walkie-talkies, so they try to get a hold of him, of Augie, and they're yelling, you know, screaming, whatever. And he starts eating the stew, which, one, he doesn't even warm up. Not even a he little. He just puts the cold pot on the counter and starts eating. Like, but that's also, gross. Stew, like, congeals. Like, there's, like, oily stuff thick. in it that, like... There's fat in it and stuff Ugh. that, like, congeals to the top. Anyway, it's gross. <laughs> um, he starts eating it, though. And mm. he apparently loves it because he... Just keeps going in for more. He keeps going. Even though they're like, Augie, do not eat that. Do not eat anything. Don't do it. Don't put nothing in your mouth, boy. Yeah. Keep it out. But apparently this real smart kid has made a real dumb choice. Well, I mean, he's a, he's a big skeptic. He's like, oh, who gives a shit? I'm going to eat my stew that I found in my fridge for yeah. some reason. And, like, when I'm eating something, I normally, like, if it's a soup, I'll scoop it up, and I'll eat it, and, like, look at it as I'm eating it. Yeah, you don't... He doesn't. I always look at my spoon when I'm eating some, like, stew or soup or whatever. Yeah, you don't want it to drip on you. Exactly. You want to make sure you got the right ratio of meat and vegetables and soup. Yeah, but this kid doesn't even realize, oh, there's a toe in my fucking spoon. And it's not, it's not a little toe. No, it's a... It's the big toe. It's a honker. It's huge. And he still eats it. And then he crunches down on it and is like, oh, that's weird. The minute it entered my mouth, I would have been like, hey, this is un- <laughs> unnatural. <laughs> this is, this this is unusual. Something has gone horribly wrong here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he spits it up and he starts hearing the voice of this. Uh, yeah, who took my toe? Yes. Also, quick side note. Apparently, this whole story that he's living in right now is a story that his father used to tell him mm-hmm. about corpse lady who someone eats her toe and then she goes chasing after the toe and the person who took it uh what the fuck kind of bedtime story (laughs) is his dad telling him no wonder dad's not in the picture anymore (laughs) like Uh, he's he's not great um doesn't sound too great but but yeah that's what he's encountering Mm -hmm. right now and it's a it's a gross corpse she's terrified long been dead um, still has like skin and stuff, mm-hmm. but it is is been dead for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, at least a size eleven foot based yeah. on the toe. And she's so tall and so lanky. Oh, obviously she's lanky because she hasn't eaten because she's a corpse. But she's just terrifying. Yeah, real and she, gangled like, and gross. Slowly, slowly walks down the hallway to him, and instead of trying to get out the window or running to get out of the house, he hides under the bed. 
Well, like, he tried to get out the window at one point. He, like, hid inside of his room and tried to get out the window and tried to escape. But the window wouldn't open. He was running out of, like, running out of options. And his first instinct, just hide under the bed. I guess, but I feel like it would have been faster just to unlock the window really quick and jump out. I like, wanna, there's a chair right there. Just break the damn window. Yeah. Um, and maybe he, you know, in that quick second, he was like, shoot, the window's locked. I'm not going to make it in time. She's coming. I don't have time to try to unlock this or figure it out, figure out why I can't open this window. Mm-hmm. Um, but under the bed, it's always the obvious place. It's also the the wrong place. No one ever escapes by hiding under the bed. Hide behind the door. Hide anywhere else. When she opens it, she's not going to see you, and then you can... Run away. Run away. Run away. Uh, alright, baby. Uh, there's a jump scare that this sets up, but before we get to that, I just want to mention that, like, the entire lead-up to this, like, her slowly waddling through the hallway and just her voice ringing in the background, and once he gets under the bed, he's, you know, like, looking around and, like, not seeing anything and just not being more calm or being like thinking that he's safe but just <clears throat> it's so drawn out and so slow and so like nothing actually happens during this time that it's just building to suspense yeah you scene. know something's gonna happen but you still feel that dread mm-hmm. this scene and um chuck's abduction are the two most suspenseful parts of this movie and they do that great mm-hmm. um they do do a really good job with their creatures with the lighting with making them creepy with making them spot on with the books um yeah i have no complaints it does a pretty good job of building up all the suspense and uh it was during this scene like as he's starting to look over the edge of the bed to see if the witch is there somewhere in the room because she clearly entered mm-hmm. I... you don't see her enter but you you know. you know she's there. Yeah. He knows she's there. It's <clears throat> it's clear. It's evident. But, uh, you know, he's peeking around. And at this point, I'm not even looking at the screen. I'm holding onto her hand and looking at her face because I don't want to see the jump scare. <laughs> <laughs> you were terrified. I was. The I'm whole a... movie, you were terrified. Good chunks of the movie. Not the whole movie. Thank you. But yeah, I, I'm a bit of a chicken. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I'm not... <laughs> I'm not big with the uh, <laughs> with the spooks. Yeah, when all of the mm-hmm. suspense seems like it was about to jump out and climax, nothing happened. It's only a few moments later when he's starting to like think, I don't know where she is. She's not in the room. That he starts to look under the bed where he is behind him, mm-hmm. and then she lunge like pulls him down. And lunges out. Mm-hmm. And God, at this point, I was like, it had been so long between the suspense and like any sort of excitement that I was starting to think maybe it was a, you know, a psych out. Maybe it's going to come out a little later. So I look towards the fucking screen the exact moment that her dumbass face jumps out and just. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's spooky. Um, she does have kind of that creepy witch vibe about her, but I feel like her her face when she attacks him, you know, how her mouth kind of elongates and her eyes are all black, her mouth is all black. It's a very used up, mm-hmm. scary trope. Where the woman or the man, a lot of times though, I feel like it's a woman. Um, their face they're deforms. Just, yeah, it's just too long. And they open their mouth and the mouth is way too long. And I don't know. It was scary, but I mean. It, it was scary, but it was a scary that we've sort of seen a few dozen times. Yeah. It wasn't a novelty by any means. Which is fair. But yeah. Uh, what ends up being his fate? After all this. Um, he's drug? Dragged? I don't think it's drug. Um. Drugged? He's drugged. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's the appropriate. Dragged? He's dragged. Dragged. Under the bed and into the wall? Like, he just kind of disappears. When they find him, um, the 
his nail marks, claw marks, just go straight backwards and stop at where the wall is. So he gets taken to whatever <laughs> hell dimension this creature is from. Yeah, just straight That's up. That's what I would guess. Spirited away into mm-hmm. hell. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I don't have any other guesses to where these people who have been taken or the stories written about have disappeared to. Mm-hmm. Maybe whatever like evil imagination land the monsters come from yeah that sounds gross it's like (laughs) it's like evil chalk zone oh come on they would have to draw something though (laughs) well it's it's the it's the verbal chalk zone they they make these stories up and then they just kind of bubble up and form and become reality yeah i guess so evil chalk zone But yeah, uh, that's August. Real unfortunate, real sad. He he, like I I I was. It's not unconvincing. The rest of the deaths and the rest of the things. It's all very well acted. But uh, August's death just I don't know made me feel real bad for the kid. Yeah, he he was stupid, but he was real sweet. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know he's a kid. He's he didn't really deserve what happened to him. <laughs> And he was also one of the main group. He mm-hmm. was one of the girls' best friends. Mm-hmm. Huh. But now he's gone. Yeah. So. <laughs> so then uh, Ramon and Stella have to tell Chuck that Augie is gone. That he's been taken. So they call a little powwow in the uh, local drive-in movie theater. Mm-hmm. And... Chuck brings his sister, and they talk about, you know, this is what's going on with this book that we had, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But and Ruth isn't having it. She no. thinks it's stupid. She's left. She's gone. She's outie. And, uh, of course, this indicates she's the next one to go. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Chuck and <clears throat> Ramon and not Sarah. Stella. Stella, sorry. Uh, Stella decide, we have a plan. Let's burn this fucking book. Which, honestly, great plan. Good plan, yeah. Solid. Uh, doesn't work. Doesn't work. At all. Not even a little singe on this little <clears throat> on this book. Uh, real unfortunate. Yeah. Oh, we forgot to mention that as the story is writing itself out, uh, at one point or another, Stella tries to rip the pages out to try and protect her friend and stop the story from being written, and it just magically appears on the next page. Mm-hmm. Love that. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the book will not be stopped. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they go to the library, try to figure out more information about Sarah Bellows, about her family, about what's going on. And they do find out that her family owned, though, like a water mill or some sort of mill. Paper mill, maybe? Paper mill, I don't know. Um, All they know is that they were poisoning the water. Yeah. Um, Of the town, like, on purpose. Um, yeah, it, it, it doesn't say why exactly, I don't think. It, I think they were just crazy. I think they're just yeah. evil. Evil um, and rich. Yeah, like it, it turns out... Sarah Bellows, mm-hmm. her family was poisoning the mill, and she was trying to stop them. Mm-hmm. Um, but what they find out at the library is just that she has ended up in an asylum, and uh, I believe she died there. Mm-hmm. They also <laughs> found out that all of the members of the family, there are stories dedicated to them within the book, mm-hmm. indicating that they died. Yes. Gruesome deaths. At the hand or the words of Sarah. Yes. Uh, they also find out a few other things that aren't super important, other than the fact that, you know, it was back in the day and people probably would have been a, a discriminatory. Apparently, Sarah was an albino woman who, uh, yeah. I don't know. She was just an albino, and there, I guess her family was like, ew, we don't like you. <laughs> you're going to live in the basement now. I mean, yeah. Back in the day, it's probably like, ah, you're... A malformed demon, <laughs> yeah. demon with red eyes or something like people were pretty gross so i mean what's a name like ephraim <laughs> you're you have some evil in you probably so yeah she's albino which you know shouldn't be much of a thing but it was apparently because they locked her in the basement for being a demon or something yeah and she would tell these stories to little kids <laughs> And teenagers, I suppose. Through, like, a wall or something? Through a wall, yeah. I think, like, the other side must have been outside somehow. Yeah, they would, like, knock on the wall, and she would tell them the stories. Mm -hmm. And then they would die or disappear. 
Mm-hmm. You know, watching this movie reminded me how happy I am that, despite the fact that, you know, everything's gone to shit for many reasons, so glad I live in twenty in the 2000s and not like when they imprisoned albinos in the fucking basement and spray-painted wet back on Mexicans' cars. Uh, they still do that second one. Some, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. But it's one of the, like, whenever I watch a period piece movie, I'm just like, oh, thank God I don't live back then. <laughs> but the outfits, though. I, I can't knock them. They're leather. I'm fine with that. Um, <sighs> so, yeah. Then, while they're at the library, 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 they, um, library. notice the book starts writing again. Yes. And this time, it's called The Red Spot. And they think it's Chuck because he has ketchup on his shirt. Yeah. But the story, the main character's name is Ruth. So they find out real quick. They know who uh, it is. Chuck's sister, who's at some sort of uh, like a recital. Yeah, recital or Mm -hmm. pageant at her high school. It looks like it's some sort of play. Mm -hmm. And she's having a bad time because she's getting ready to go out for the play and do whatever she has to do. But she has this horrible red spot on her face, like this big ass pimple looking thing. Yeah. Um. Earlier in the movie, she tells Chuck that it's a spider bite. Mm-hmm. Because when they were investigating the Cerebella's house or whatever in the basement. Cerebella. Cerebella. Uh, Cerebella. The Cerebellum. Uh, Cerebellos? Cerebellums. Bellums? You're, you, I'm very bad with names, baby. You're really going really to ruin me here. Sarah? Sarah? Bellows. Bellows. Okay, cool. So, while they're in Cerebello's basement, uh, Tommy shows up and harasses them and whatnot. And what we didn't really mention earlier because it wasn't super relevant, Tommy has seemed to be dating Ruth for some mm-hmm. unknown reason. And uh, I feel like it was a fresh thing. Like, yeah. This was like their maybe second week or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's, you know, harassing her brother and it seems like he's going to get kind of violent mm-hmm. and he trapped them in the basement behind this hidden door and everything. And she's getting uncomfortable about it. She's like, oh, Tommy, that's my brother. <laughs> he's, he's a twat, but he's still my brother. Yeah. So he's just like, fine, fine, open it up, let him out. And then he chucks her in the basement, which could have broke her neck, but whatever. And then closes the door behind them and she gets all tangled in spider webs and is like screaming, something bit me and so on and so forth. And fast forward to the pageant. <laughs> She's got this big old honking spider bite on her face and is freaking out and trying to fix it. Yeah, the girls, the other girls in the play are saying like, oh, honey, <laughs> like you need to do something about that. You know, it's it's no good. Mm-hmm. Um, which you mentioned while we were in the movie, like if she's on stage, there's yeah. no way they're going to notice that. Yeah. Especially if she has that makeup on. Mm-hmm. No, no one's going to see that shit. Yeah. But uh, she freaks out anyways and runs to the bathroom to pick at it like any uh, responsible teenager does mm-hmm. well the, the the girl sitting next to her tells her she needs to do something about it before she goes on stage mm-hmm. so and they didn't have proactive in the 80s so uh but yeah this uh this is pretty gross too <laughs> uh yeah this part i did look away because i have like I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who have a weird thing and are like i don't like parasites or things coming out of me but i don't think like it's a weird thing i think it's a pretty regular thing yeah but yours is like next tier yeah. second tier um yeah <laughs> i was not pleased with having to watch that so i didn't <laughs> um but the spider little spider foot comes out of her spider bite and then just rips on out and along with it millions of spiders just and she starts just ripping and tearing at her face yeah and like she's not okay no it's have she's having a rough time and they're all over her body she's ripping and tearing at her skin trying to get them off and the the kids show up and they're trying to save you know chuck's sister trying to save her and they're having a hard time yeah uh but chuck Comes in with to save the day. He grabs his bucket of like mop water. Yeah, and just chucks at her face, and they gets the spiders off. Uh, saved her life. Mm-hmm. A little late because she is torn up. Yeah, she ends up in the hospital, and from the sounds of it, she ends up like maybe in the asylum for a few days. Um, yeah. getting therapy. 
she, she's um, a bit traumatized. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's not great. Like, not I don't a ha- great time. I don't have a phobia of spiders. Like, they're creepy, they're gross, whatever, but I don't like bugs in general. But, like, I don't have a particular fear of spiders or anything. But if I'm covered in them, I'm never, ever going to look at a spider the same way again. You'd lose that fear factor. Oh, 100%. I cannot do fear <laughs> factor. Cannot think, eat random shit like that, first of all. I think if I had to eat something, I'd be okay. But if I had to be covered in spiders or, like, maggots, I couldn't do it. Oof. Worms? Probably not, because they're clo- too close to look like maggots. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm terrified of maggots. So. Fair, fair enough. All right, quick intermission to talk about Fear Factor. I could win anything where it's just like, ah, run across this really high thing, do this thing that's kind of uh, scary. Do you have good balance? Um, moderate. If I am quick enough, I can <laughs> keep myself from uh, realizing I'm doing something stupid and stumbling. Um, but yeah, bugs and actually eating and... Co- uh, never. <laughs> Immediately fail. I'd be fine with... I think I'd be fine with eating a thing. Um... I'm more fine being covered in things than eating a thing. Yeah, the underwater parts I couldn't do. I'm not. I, don't, I can't hold my breath very long. I can. I can do a solid minute if I really try. Solid minute. Solid minute. Okay. Uh, back to scary stories. Scary stories. So yeah. after Ruthie, um, they go to the asylum because where that's where Sarah Bellows was being held. Yes. And uh, they want to find the records. Mm-hmm. They go up to the counter and it's like, hey, we need some information about a, about a patient. And they're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's like 100 years old. No. You, that's not allowed. But they sneak in anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Chuck really doesn't want to go because he's been having this dream of the red, like being in a red room and some old fat woman coming up to him saying, you need to get out of here and run away as fast as you can. It's an evil place. Mm-hmm. Um, not in those exact words, but. It's pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. He doesn't want to go. So they're like, okay, fine. Um, The records room is called the red room. The, I don't know. I think it's record at something, something. Yeah, I don't know. But it's called the red room. Um, And he's like, oh, heck no. I'm not going in there. It's specifically called the red room. Are you crazy? And she's like, okay, (laughs) well, don't get caught and be the lookout for us. And so he stands in the hallway and tries to be a lookout. Uh, unfortunately, a bunch of, you know, doctors and facility workers are walking around. Mm-hmm. So he immediately just starts walking around trying to not be noticed by anyone, which leads him to an elevator, which leads him to the roof, which leads him to, like, that. He start, well, he starts getting chased. Once he's at the roof, there's a bunch of workers up there who notice him and are like, hey, you're not supposed to be up here. What the fuck you doing, boy? And then he just starts running. And obviously, they're going to run after him. Mm-hmm. What's this weird kid doing? In an insane um, asylum or yeah. whatever this place is. He's either <laughs> insane or doing something he's not supposed to be doing. Which is, uh, at this point, getting closer to both. Yeah. And uh, he's just running and running and running. And they're chasing him. They're sounding the alarms and doing whatever they can. Meanwhile, uh, God, I keep wanting to call her Sarah. <laughs> but uh, Ramon and... Stella. Stella. Why do I not remember Stella? Anyway, so Ramon and Stella are in the records room... And uh, they found the information about Sarah, and they're looking through all of this stuff and finding out that she had been in there for a while. They even found this little uh, uh, record tube thing back from when before they were actually made records. They made these clay tubes where you would do the same thing as a record, except they would be on a circular little spool that would turn, and you would hear it sound that way. And uh, this was a recording of her being therapied by one of her siblings apparently yeah it, it sounded like electroshock yeah she was and getting basically tortured i think the brother was ephraim ephraim i mean that sounds pretty evil it was either ephraim or maybe harold because i know her one of her brother's names was harold. harold yeah um which has nothing to do with the scarecrow at all it's just ah uh, maybe it does maybe harold it was Harold. Yeah, maybe uh, the fact that the reason Harold's face looks like it was cut off of a person is because it was Harold's face. Yeah. Uh, Who knows? But I don't know. Um, point is, she was being basically tortured by one of her brothers. 
Um, they were trying to get her to um, admit to something she didn't do, which was murder these children, um, which, in fact, her brother was doing. Yeah, in this recording, it all comes out that she's not this crazy person who would murder these children and poison them. The family itself were the ones poisoning the water and killing all these people, mm-hmm. killing the, the, the entire town basically and especially the children and it reveals that this family was just incredibly abusive towards sarah trapping her in the basement and attacking her and just being pretty awful in general and uh as they're listening to this out of nowhere the recording starts to talk about chuck yes it starts telling us the story of chuck which is or charles it says yeah which is really cool because the the other guy, the guy, you know, her brother talking to her is just like, who the fuck is Charles? Yeah. So it's like, somehow she knows... The future or something? Yeah. I don't know. It was cool. It was cool. Uh, uh, yeah. It's, it's time for Chuck to die. I guess. Um, So he's running through the asylum, trying to find somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it appears that he's found these... This, I don't know, part of the hospital that nobody is in. <laughs> like, there's literally nobody except for the men who are chasing him. Mm-hmm. Um, and the alarms are going off. And they're red. And so, basically, every room... Is in, a red room. Is a red room. The halls turn red. And all the doors are locked. So, he's in the hallway. But it's red. It's mm-hmm. blinking, flashing red. And he sees a woman. Oh, At God, the end this... of the hallway. She is my favorite. She looks <laughs> hideous. Um, excuse me. <laughs> she is <laughs> so cute. You know, now that we're trying to do one, a visual medium, maybe we'll uh we'll throw in like the picture of this woman, <laughs> this character, and maybe even the, the, the reference from the actual book itself. Right here, maybe. Maybe right here ish. Or maybe we're just waving our hands around. Who knows? We'll see. But uh, she has a real sweet, tender face that's about two feet wide with this massive, creepy Um, smile. She is one of the more iconic um, images from the book. She, I don't know if she's on a cover, but she is... um, I think one of the more popular... Yeah, if you've read the books, this will be a familiar face to you. And it looks pretty much spot on. They, all of these monsters look spot on to their storied counterparts. Which is probably due to the fact that Guillermo del Toro is one of the, the people involved with this. That monster-loving fuck. Oh yeah, he is... <laughs> he is so good at his monster-making. Um... <laughs> It's unreal. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he... We're getting closer to an hour, so let, I'm just going to speed through Chuck's poor demise as he runs from room to room trying to escape this woman. And every time he turns around, every time he looks away, he just appears at the end of the other hall. And this just keeps happening. He's getting more and more desperate. And honestly, this part just built up the anxiety so well. Mm-hmm. And then he just got stuck in the middle of a room and every time he turned, she was there. She was inches away. Mm-hmm. And every time he turned around, she was still she inches. She just kept coming. Very slowly, but in every direction. Which was even more terrifying. The slowness <laughs> when of she, it. When she first shows up, she like does this little laugh and kind of like wiggles <laughs> her fingers on her belly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I told you after the movie, she didn't seem malicious. Like she was trying to hurt him. It seemed as though this was just something she did. And this is this was just everything she was. It's just a Sunday. It's what I do on Sundays. I'm sorry, Chuck. Yeah. But yeah, she gets closer and closer until she's wrapping her arms around him and giving him the softest, grossest. The gooeyest, wettest hug. Ugh. And uh, while she's hugging him, he just melts into her. Mm-hmm. Ugh. So I guess his death would be like suffocation. Basically. Um, but they get to the hallway, find that he's not there. They find his pen on the ground. They're like, oh, shoot. Chuck's dead. He is no more. <laughs> and, uh, so they get they get found and they're taken to the, the police station. Yeah. yeah. And the sheriff 
puts them behind bars because a bunch of kids have gone missing and the brown kid is a sub suspect mm-hmm. and the they also Stella, broke into a hospital. Yeah, Stella just broke into a hospital. Um and while they're there, he takes the book and he's looking at it and it starts writing a story about Ramon. Mm-hmm. He has, his monster is the dangling man or what? Jangly. Jangly man. While he's in the, yes, this guy's also in the cell, fucked. he's, he, Ramon just knows it's his turn. He knows because he can kind of probably assume that it's his turn because he knows Stella is probably like the, yeah. What, she's the one who took the book. It's, it's going to save her for last. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the jangly man just comes down the, for some reason the police station has a chimney. And it comes down the chimney um, piece by piece. Like, first it's his head, then it's his arms and torso and legs and whatever. And then it, like, fuses together and is this really gross, like, contortion, contortion to body. Yeah. Um, also, I do love that the, the when the head first comes down, the sheriff's like, oh, fuck. And pulls out his gun just shoots it in the head a bunch of times. <laughs> Nothing happens. But it's pretty great. I do appreciate that that's the instinctual reaction. Because that was correct. Yeah. That was the right reaction. pretty great. Um, he's like, uh, what's going on here? Um, but he doesn't freak out. He just shoots it and is like, ah, this is not what is supposed to be happening. Like, I admire his reaction because he shot first and then died, but he shot first. And that's what's important. But then he just didn't care. He's like, huh. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? Scream, run away. You would think, you would think, but he doesn't. And then he dies. Jangly man twists his neck, his head right around. Yeah, no, no effort at all. Just whoop. Yeah. And then he tosses him in the room, and just I think like his head's backwards, and he's walking on all fours in this really gross manner, and it's just like ugh. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> I mean, he's coming for Ramon. He's <clears throat> calling for Ramon, calling him a coward, uh, calling out his name because turns out Ramon, um, his name isn't Ramon. Uh, whatever. It's, I don't even remember. I don't remember <laughs> what what na- fake name he gave, but Sanchez or something. I don't yeah, know. but it's actually Morales, and he is running from the the uh, army, yeah. the draft. Yeah, he's been drafted because it's the eighties. Yep, and he's a draft dodger. He didn't want to go to Vietnam. Yeah, so maybe it's not the eighties. I don't know things about war, American history. Yeah, I have no idea, honestly. <laughs> but uh, it is the Vietnam War, and he has been drafted, and he didn't want to, so he ran. And I don't blame him. Yeah, Vietnam um, was pretty fucked. It was yeah. a bad war. We, it, we were on the wrong side of that. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> the, he's in a cell, so is Stella, and they're uh, trapped. She's trying to reach for the keys that are on the sheriff because his body got thrown into the room, and she's managing to reach out for him while the jangling man goes over to ramon's cell and is just slowly pushing himself through the bars mm-hmm. to try and get out well his his unique power i guess you'd say is to seem like break his bones and be able to fuse them back together so it doesn't matter if he gets squished he'll be fine mm-hmm. he'll just fuse back together and then eat someone mm-hmm. um but they escape she gets the key they get out of there and Ramon tells her to book it for the house, figure out what you need to do, talk to Sarah Bellows if you can, figure this out, and I will distract the jangly man because he's after me. He doesn't give a fuck about you. He's just going to keep coming after me. And he's right. Like, he's making the right choice. He's trying to figure out a way to end this thing. And uh, she heads off to the the mansion that they lived in to try and convince Sarah to stop killing them and to... Let her know that they know her secret. <laughs> that they. <laughs> She's trying to convince, remind Sarah, let her know that they know her secret. Mm-hmm. They know the truth, and they. <clears throat> they want to tell everyone. Yes. They want to make sure everyone knows the truth, and uh, this at this point, every time someone's died, it's been one story a night, mm-hmm. and uh, this time's a little different because she decides, nah, I'm gonna kill you both at the same time, mm-hmm. and uh, Sarah's story or Stella's story starts being written. Mm-hmm. Uh, which happens to be Sarah's story. Yeah, she starts writing Stella into her own story. So Stella starts to see this old, decayed mansion as new and vibrant. And all of um, Sarah Bellow's family is running around the house looking for Sarah because she has escaped. Um, in the meantime, Ramon has escaped the jangly man. 
and gotten to the house where Stella is and he's trying to find her. Um, the house just looks like an old house to him. Um, but he can kind of hear her. Yeah, and she like, can kind of hear him. There's echoes of each other mm-hmm. as they're running around the, the mansion whenever yes. they're in the same location. <clears throat> he even <clears throat> ends up hiding at one point underneath this table that she hid under during her, uh, you know, dalliance in this area and finds her glasses that mm-hmm. fell off. And to him, they're just like <clears throat> old glasses. Yeah. Um. So, But, but he thinks they're hers. So he grabs them and he can like hear her better. Yeah. Having this like item that she used to have helps him connect to her across space time and spirit dimensions i don't even <laughs> fucking know what the hell's going on i here. don't know but it also kind of helps her hear him he can talk to her kind of um if he tries real hard but she she's running from Ephraim and harold and all these other bellows family members uh she gets under a table and one of the servants there lola or lulu Lola? Lulu? I don't know. I think it might be Lulu. But she is a little girl at the time, and she tells her to hide under the table, and she'll cover for her. But they take her um, into a different room. I don't know. They probably beat her or something. But um, Lulu and her mom are said to have taught Sarah Bellows black magic when, in reality, um, Sarah Bellows was just so full of rage and hate for her family, she just (laughs) turned into an entity. So, Uh, And unfortunately for... uh good old Stella, hiding under the table, hiding under the bed, never works. <laughs> never works. Never works. That's so, the first place everybody always looks. Every time. So she's under there, and at this point she's realized that they're looking for Sarah. Mm-hmm. And at one point she saw herself in the mirror and realized she, in this scenario, is Sarah. Yes, because she sees Sarah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And... They they find her and they drag her down to the basement and they hide her in there and <clears throat> turn off all the lights and she's just there alone. No glasses, can barely see anything and starts to see Sarah, her apparition in this place. Mm-hmm. And they start to talk. And yeah. um, Honestly, Sarah is not spooky at all. No, like, She just looks like an average old person, like maybe like a 30-something year old woman. With long blonde hair, glazed eyes because, you know, or like cataract eyes because she's dead. Um, in so, a white dress. She yeah. is not spooky whatsoever. A few times here or there you see like her features transition from like decayed monster to woman and back and forth. Like it just kind of transitions as she's moving and talking. But it's never like, like scary or dangerous. She's just kind of like a reminder that she's dead dead and some sort of monster mm-hmm. to some extent and sarah just start or sorry uh, stella starts to plead with her mm-hmm. sarah we know what happened we know what's going on we'll tell your story we'll tell everyone what happened to you mm-hmm. we won't let anyone believe that you're this monster anymore and she promises her all this stuff and sarah tells the, her that she's turned into the monster that they think yeah, she was that she's she become was. just as bad as the stories mm-hmm. to say that she is and sarah offers her offers her, uh, stella her weird pen yeah it's just like it's like a <clears throat> an ink pen yeah or like a quill yeah just a, a metal quill pen and she tells stella write it in your blood and she stabs herself in the finger starts writing the story yeah, she of writes sarah yeah she only reads like writes a few sentences because she's running out of time and she just wants to make a point but she does she writes it um saying how her family were the real sinners and how um sarah was tortured and was the victim because she was trying to tell people that her family was evil all of this while ramon is seconds away from (laughs) being murdered (laughs) yes um but yeah when she makes the pact sarah stops yeah, first she lets out just a horrible wail. Yeah, she screams. <laughs> she's not. She doesn't seem happy about the ending, but she 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 stops, and uh, yeah. the jinkly man disappears. I mean, to be fair, it's falls probably apart. A, yeah, it's probably very cathartic. Just like I have so much anger, grr, and then just yelling it out. <laughs> also, grr, so much anger. But uh, it's it shakes the whole house. And as the house shakes, that's when the jangly man, da 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 do, and mannequins into pieces. Yes. Um. Yeah. And then that's the end. 
Yeah. They... Um, Ramon goes off to war because otherwise he's probably going to go to jail. Yeah, because one way or another, they think he murdered people. Yeah. Like, they're probably there's pretty a, sure. There's still no uh, result yeah. or resolution to... for the town of where these children have gone. I, I mean, besides Ruth and Tom, or Ruth. Yeah, Ruth and Stella, I suppose, but... Yeah. Because, yeah. like, and, like, he showed up, then kids went missing, and the sheriff got murdered as the day he got arrested. Mm-hmm. Like, this kid's got to get the fuck out of town. <laughs> yes. And never show back up. Never. Um, but he goes off to war. Stella goes home with dad. Um, yeah. And in the back seat is Ruth. I don't know why Ruth is in the back seat, but well, she is. I don't think they go home. It seemed like Stella was, in her journal, she was writing about the fact that she wrote uh, Sarah's story. She finished it. She published it. And people are hearing about it. Not super widespread, not super popular, but she kept her promise. And now she's trying to figure out how to get Charlie or Chuck and August back. Because she's pretty sure they're not dead. They're just gone. Mm -hmm. Unlike Tommy, who did get stabbed. He actually got died. He actually (laughs) got killed. Um, But she's trying to get them back. And I think they're going somewhere to try and find information, find evidence, find some sort of magic hoodoo Maybe um, the dad could have encouraged her and been like, yeah, okay, whatever. I mean, she's, um, a, she's like, if she just graduated high school, you know, according to whatever story's going on, uh, she's 18 and a published writer. Maybe she's just like encouraging her career. Well, she published it in the newspaper. It wasn't a book. I thought it was, uh, I don't know. Um, But... Yeah, she says she, her and Ruth are trying to figure out where everyone's gone. Um, and it kind of hints that maybe there'll be a second movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. I enjoyed it. It's, it's it was a very, I don't know, if, if you don't want something super scary or gory or something, but you want, you want that little bit of creepiness, you want that little bit of nostalgic horror. Um, it had a lot of like 80s vibes. Obviously, because it was, you know, from the, around that era. Mm-hmm. Um, it also had, like, the monsters looked impeccable. Like, mm-hmm. for a monster flick, this is pretty great. Yes. Um, they're very spooky. <laughs> the I think the scariest ones to me, the scariest ones, were the jangly man. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably it. Um, the scarecrow was scary. I mean, it's creepy looking, um, yeah. for, for me, it was 100% the red room lady. <laughs> she terrifies me really? her image i yeah gets me i feel like she wasn't the spookiest i feel like the spookiest was the jinkly man and maybe the corpse but um the red room lady i don't know something about her like softness and her smile and her deformed features really just gets to me really just, just ugh. But yeah, that's that's the end of the movie. So uh, this is pretty much the end. You want to wrap it up? Yeah, we can wrap it up. So all in all, I think this is a pretty good movie. It's the kind of scary movie that if you're trying to get your kid into scary movies, I say take them. You know, the the your thirteen year old child who's starting to get into the spooks is like, mm-hmm. yeah, let's go watch this like almost family friendly scary movie. Almost. Uh- borderline maybe in the way where there's not any like sexy stuff yeah there's no like legitimate gore or but your kid's probably gonna have nightmares oh yeah like this is a scary movie but that's kind of the reason people watch these things right is to be scared and terrified so uh i say despite the fact that it's not the most terrifying thing ever and it's not like super novel like there's nothing done in it that isn't seen somewhere else i'd say this is a good movie nothing spectacular or great though if you're looking for some uh pretty spectacular monster appearances this is somewhere to go to to see that because that is a masterful art masterful art form to create that that appearance in costuming and in editing and whatever other formats so that was great but otherwise it's not particularly spectacular or new I agree. <clears throat> I agree. Um, but it's worth it's worth to go watch. Yeah, it's worth it. 
Uh, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say you have to run out and see it at the movie theater. You yeah. could probably wait for it to be on uh, some sort of yeah streaming something. device or get out of Redbox or something. Mm-hmm. It's it's good. Worth a watch, but if the nearest movie theater to you sells the tickets at $15, don't pay that. Yeah. Go to the matinee. <laughs> <laughs> pay yeah. like five bucks. Get the discounted viewing. <laughs> it's more worth the price. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. You know, that's a yeah. pretty good sum up. That there's a wrap up. I think that's it. So, I wish it would have just been a little more scary. Yeah. And you know, I think it would have been great if they would have thrown in a few more scary stories. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we can fix it in the remix. Maybe. We'll see. And maybe in the second movie, they'll Take it throw up in notch. some more. Yeah. All right. But that's it for us today. Um, before we go, just uh, a quick uh, jaunt into the self-promotion corner. Just a reminder, everyone, that we're trying to live and survive, and we need your help and support. So if you can, go to patreon.com forward slash Delta Cryptid Productions and drop a few bucks. There's rewards for you if you do. Um some extra podcast episodes of our uh, patreon exclusive podcast the mm-hmm. remix in which we make everything that we've watched and read and played and done so far better or new or different in some way and we just kind of shoot the shit for a while and that's uh you know it's fun it's more loose mm-hmm. uh beyond that you can have a message on the show say whatever you want through us as long as it's not racist or obscene uh nothing you know yeah that's yeah. that's a good wrap up that's good uh demand that we do a show as long as it's not you know a billion hour thing like i don't know final fantasy 7 might be a little bit long but anything else that we could reasonably complete in a few days and uh get to talking about we'll definitely do and beyond that you can be on the show with us talking about any of these things and it'll be really fun to interact with any of our viewers in that way yeah it'd be super fun to see what you guys think about some of the things that we've talked about or something new Mm-hmm. So if you have any interest in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Delta Cryptid Productions. Otherwise, uh, find us on Twitter at Cryptid Delta, on Instagram at Delta Cryptid Productions, or on Facebook at Cryptid Delta. Uh, lastly, go to our iTunes page if you just can find it in your heart. Because like, whether you have money or not, this is a massive help. So just go to iTunes and give us a five-star uh, rating and a little review to let people know uh, you're watching. And that really helps other people find our show, which we would really appreciate so much. But yeah, that's everything, right? That's everything. All right, thanks for watching and listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. We love you. <laughs> All right. She's not that creepy. I find her terrifying.